Hey, what's up? It's your boy Anthony Cass Clark, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts Over Coffee Daily. Good people of the world, what is up? I hope that all is well, all is well on this side. Today, as promised, I bring you part two of the Kevion Start Event Podcast. Uh, he was featured on a short story long, hosted by Chris Dramapath, as I mentioned in part one. Hopefully you enjoyed part one as much as I did. Lots of gems, man. Kevion's story just gets crazier and crazier. He is someone who lives and dies by affirmations and all kinds of sorts of life coach and life tricks and not tricks. I wouldn't call it tricks. I would call it methods. And um, yeah, so I don't want to prolong this anymore. Here's part two of the short story long podcast featuring Kevion Sturdivant, real estate mogul and life coach. Here it goes. So this is this era here is like like every era of my life. There's there's a soundtrack, right? That yeah. mid '90s is like Far Side, Souls of Mischief. Late '90s is like Sound Bombing, Quali, that whole era. You hit 2000 and 2000 to 2010, where LRG is just taking over the game, and my real estate career starting to blow up. Early 2000 to mid 2000, it's like Cameron, Just Blaze, Kanye, Blue and Exile, L LR, you know, LRG era, Aloe Black. Um, and things are tight. Like we're wilding out. Nick, dude, I remember I sold Nick Diamond his very first home in two thousand four in Hollywood. Oh four. Where was that at? It was uh like off of Coenga. Just humble, like yeah, small simple little spot. Little, yeah, wow. Yeah, simple little spot. So. You can wish anything into existence. You have your car, your dream girl, your $25,000, and then all of a sudden, things start taking off. Real estate's taking Real off. Real estate's going LRG's nuts. LRG's taking LRG's off. LRG's going nuts. And you are completely and fully feeling yourself, right? Oh, I'm I'm the dopest dude to, to walk the earth. Yeah. I remember really thinking and probably being faded certain nights with, with the crew and just being like, man, like, it, if... We really are like the freshest crew, like on the in whole the Western world. Hemisphere, basically, yeah. right? Like, just feeling ourselves. Yeah. So funny. Which arguably you were. It was a pretty I'm just tight saying, crew. like not Dude, to it was a not fresh to crew. not to pump up old <laughs> cocky Kevion, but I'm just saying, not to bring him back out of the box. Gone. But I'm just saying, okay. I'm saying, arguably, it'd be hard it to find a, a group crew. of people that were doing it harder at that time. I think. And it, and really, I I personally was not doing it that big. Like I was. Yeah, but you had just, once again, I'm going to say it again, you had just wished for your dream life and gotten it, yeah. and then you had also just life coached with no sort of, pre just because you called yourself a life coach, mm -hmm. you had life coached a man into creating a $100 million yeah. impact. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had... That was the most inspiring part of my life, for sure. And so, like, real estate for me was this side thing that I did so that I could make money so that I could still stunt with them. Yeah. And, and it's like, I wasn't selling homes the way I'm selling homes now. Yeah. It was like mainly 300,000, 400,000, 500,000 out in the IE because that's where my license was. And then occasionally I would get the Nick Diamond deal. Yeah. And, and even then, that was a small deal then. And right? were you working under that agency, the other agency? Exactly, Got still. Yep. And, um, you know, I wasn't doing deals like I'm doing now. It was all there. Like I wasn't selling million dollar homes. Yeah. I mean, my average sales price was 600,000 probably at the most. Got it. Yeah. Um, when did you come up with From Skate to Real Estate? That was 
2012. Oh, so way later. Way later. Okay. Yeah. I just pictured you like with the LRG guys like skate. No, play? and I'll tell you. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like who wants no. a bottle? I no, 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 no. Because I never talked real estate back then. Got it. I was I was their their team coach. I yep. talked inspiration, goal setting, mindset, um, and then we talked about LRG. Got it. So, so real estate was literally real just estate to was, pay the bill. And then I threw events. So like they were based out of Orange County and I was throwing some of the main parties for LRG in LA County. Yep. Right? Some of the first ones at least. And right. I was doing those because we were going out every night with like Arson and Dom had National. Yep. And so, you know, Jerry Mang and I'm like, man, this is tight. I want to do, I want to throw a party. Yeah. And so I remember the very first party I threw for LRG um, dude, the lineup was crazy. We had like Mark Ronson, Samantha Ronson, mm -hmm. DJ Vice, and I wasn't sure if anybody would show up. And like 1,500 people were there before it even started. Yeah, it was also the release for the Diamond Dunk. Got it. Yeah. So it was like a duel. It was. It was on, dude. God damn. Yeah, it was on. It was a dope party. When, and just go back if I'm skipping anything, but like when did you sort of? transition when did the transition happen into taking real estate so much more seriously and was that after so so here's what happened so 2005 so it's like it's like several years of just some craze like we're on yeah and 2005 things start to kind of shift for me it all starts to catch up uh -huh. i'm getting in trouble in my relationship with my dream girl yep. i had five escrows fall apart in one month I got a DUI. I'm getting it's catch. I'm, I'm getting caught up. Yeah. Like, dude, I've got expenses that I'm incurring that I'm not prepared for. And real estate, dude, these deals can fall apart. Yeah. So I had every single one of my deals in one month fall apart in 2005, um, and then I got a DUI. And that just fucked your whole thing up. Everything. It was. I was jacked. Do you put it? Okay, let me ask you this because I wondered this about myself sometimes. Going a little deep here, but maybe maybe you'll connect with me on it. Maybe you won't. Do you think that it's the same thing in you that caused you to, for instance, start showing up late and not giving a fuck when you were the top guy at the at the earlier agency? Like, do you think there's like a not self-destructive, but sort of a like you get ahead of yourself and you stop worrying about the fundamentals, or do you not feel like the two are even connected? There could be a similar energy mm -hmm. there for sure. Um, I think what it could also be is it's a fear energy. So as you start to climb, we start to self-sabotage. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like that that quote says, I think it's a Mandela quote, but it's our light, not our, not our darkness that most frightens us. Uh -huh. So as you start to really rise and excel, it gets scary. And sometimes we self-sabotage. And so I think that's what I was starting to do at that at that time, and yep. it just caught up with me. Yep, got it. Yeah, and so fast forward to 2006, the whole market in general is feeling weird. Uh -huh. Like everybody's buying homes. You're doing these loans that are like um, pay option arms and interest only, and you have a heartbeat at that time, and you're getting a loan. Yep. And something, it just felt weird. Yep. It felt really weird. And um, people were balling out, refining their homes, buying boats. Are you cashing in at this time, though? Like, are you like, fuck, I can sell a house to anybody? I'm selling houses to everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. From strippers to hustlers to everybody. Do you ever watch The Big home. Short? I'm guessing you have. Dude, we were, of, Alana and I were cracking movies. up because the there, we had a stripper client. Alana was doing loans at that time. Yeah, I yeah. feel like everybody was. Yeah. I feel like yeah. literally everyone was like, you know what? I could sell some houses. Yeah. 
And that's how it is right now, kind of. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to get into that too. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, so you were doing it, but you knew, like, did you almost feel like this is too good to be I was, true or it, something? No, just a I little just weird wasn't here? feeling it. I, I, like, I knew that I was supposed to be doing something else, right? Like, something was missing from me in real estate. It was starting to feel gross. Yeah. And right around that time, I go on a trip with Jonas to Miami, uh-huh. and I'm. I'm on another level. We're at the Mondrian, some party, and I run into Greg Carroll, uh-huh. Mike Carroll's brother. And we have this conversation that is just like, mind you, I was also on an, on another level. Yeah. But I felt like I was uh, just had a meeting with like an angel. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Like, and it was sick. And I'm like, hey, we need to talk when I get back. And so we got back. But what type of shit? Just life, personal development, yeah. purpose, meaning. And I was kind of always the person in my circle of friends having those conversations. Yeah. And Greg Carroll was one of the first people that brought his level of insight and how he thought about success and thoughts about the mind and the law of attraction and intention. Mm-hmm. So we really vibed out. And long story short, when I got home, I decided to leave real estate. I left real estate and Greg Carroll and I started a company called Peace Academy. Peace was an acronym for uh, Positive Education Awakens Conscious Excellence. Uh-huh. And we just went out and taught classes everywhere we could. How do you make money doing that? And that's why it didn't and work. And then <laughs> I went back to real estate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so well, that's, that's what happened. Like you just. We, we made a lot of noise. Like we would, would go to schools. We'd go to colleges. I had people paying me for one-on-one coaching, yep. but it was not easy. Like I was renting this really dope house um, in Costa Mesa. And so mm-hmm. we were running the whole house, the whole company out of my house in Costa Mesa. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had an investor. Like we had an investor that was going to put money up for this movie that we were making and the whole school. Um and we rocked it for like a year and a half, but it was just our last event that we did at Fairfax High. It was called Touch the Sky and Master Your Mindset. Mm-hmm. We had a dope panel with like Stevie Williams, B. Wynn, Jerry Mang, Jonas, Aloe Black. And our whole thing was like, let's teach mindset strategies. Yeah. And if it were a room that would have been like 150 people, it would have been cracking. Mm-hmm. But we got a room that fit 3,000 people. Uh-huh. And so it just, and we literally thought we were going to fill the room. Yeah. And there were like 150 people there. Yeah. So it just looks bad. It looked bad. Yeah. And that, that was it. And then, did so you decided to pack it up and did you go back to real estate? So at the end of 2008, we were expecting an investor to come with like 250K to help us do this thing. Yeah. And uh, that money was supposed to come November 1st, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. We, Alana and I, get pregnant with our, with our firstborn son, Kaizen, in 2008. Uh-huh. And now we're like, oh, uh-oh, we really need this money to come. Uh-huh. That date that the money's supposed to come just goes right by. And uh, it was a good friend who was supposed to put the money up and doesn't hit us up about our kid being born, no, Nothing on Thanksgiving, nothing on Christmas. We're freaking out. Yeah. I can't even afford to rent that house anymore that I'm renting. Yeah. Greg goes back up to the bay. We move into Alana's mom's house. And it's like, fuck, what am I doing? Yeah. I have no car. Yeah. Um, have a newborn. And my other son is in Costa Mesa. And it's like, what am I doing? 
And so Alana's mom is also in real estate, and she kept saying, just do real estate. And I'm like, no, I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. It was like the last resort. And so I'm taking a, a, the train from – Alana would drop me off in Fullerton. I'd go and meet my friend Ozzy in, like, Newport because he lived in San Clemente, and we would literally – go to a library and try to figure out Peace Academy uh -huh. and how we were going to do it. Uh -huh. And one day, early 2009, I'm like, I'm check my, my MySpace. I didn't check MySpace in like six months. Yep. I opened up MySpace and this dude, my friend Merwin, who I sold a home to eight, uh, four years earlier in 04, he said, hey, Kev, are you still in real estate? I need to sell the house you sold me in 04 and buy something else. I checked my license online and it was expiring in two weeks. Uh -huh. Boom. Take Alana's car, show this guy a couple houses, get a couple checks for like eight or nine G's. I'm like, guess I'm back in. Yep. And just struggled trying to figure out the game again because 2009 to 2011, it was hell. Yeah. It was short sales, foreclosures. When I left, the sun was shining. When I came back, it was hell. That's like literally a whole different business, it was hell. right? Yeah. yeah. So did you, you just beat the, you sold the house within the two weeks or you just, and then used the money to renew your license or you renewed your license? Renewed right my away? license. It didn't cost much. It Got was it. really low cost. And it was just, it was like, this was a sign. Yep. I'm supposed to be doing this. And so then you're just back in. So now you have a whole new ball game to figure out. Yeah. And where did you go back to an agency or are you working for yourself at that point? Um, no, you have to go to an agency if you're not a broker. So I'm Got not it. a broker. So I would go. I'm trying out different agencies at that time yep. around the area where um, we lived in Alana's mom's home in Glendora yep. and just hating it, dude. I hated it. Like the only thing that was really keeping me going at that time, besides obviously Alana and my son Eli and my family and all the things I'm supposed to say, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> was the fact that on Saturday mornings, um, I would drive to Jonas's crib and we would ride bikes. Uh -huh. Like he was getting really into riding bikes. And so that was like my thing. That was like the one thing that was just like, oh. And they were still doing really well, right? Yeah. So at least there you was had a that, shift. Like, yeah. like the chains were put away. Yep. He could have rocked them for sure. Yep. But because it was like he kind of already did that era. Yep. And it just was a weird time. It was a weird in, in the recession. You ain't trying to walk around with a million dollars worth, worth yeah. of jewels on. Yeah. yeah. And so they were still killing it, though. And he knew I was struggling, and he would just encourage me, like, Kev, you'll figure it out. Dude. Yeah. Just stick with it. And I had that Saturday morning with him, you know, and it would be me and him and Albert Rosario. I don't know if you know Albie. I know, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, just struggling. What started to, like, put it together for you? 2011. What like, happened? they say, you know, the the darkest part of the night is right before the sun comes up. Yeah. And 2011, it, it couldn't get any darker. So, like, you know, beginning of 2011, we're trying to figure things out. We're trying to get above water. Alana and I find out we're prego again. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, how? Yeah. Like, physically, how? <laughs> yeah. How did this happen? How did this happen? <laughs> we're just, we're not happy at that yeah. time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um... I'm I'm kind of raging a lot at that time. I'm parting a lot. I'm trying to hang on to something that's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. um, trying to figure myself out, you know, and trying to get ready for the fact that I'm really going into crazed fatherhood. Yeah. And um, I remember telling Jonas about that I was having number three. 
He was so pissed. Oh my like on some like what are you doing what he's like what are you doing he's like do you not want to like ever have fun ever again (laughs) he's like you're gonna be that guy huh kev you're gonna be that guy that has five kids huh that's Uh gonna be you he was pissed Uh he was so pissed he called the lana he did did he yell at you yeah he called alana what did you no that's a no yeah stop it seriously he's like it's not too late (laughs) <laughs> That's amazing. Swear. Yeah. He was so it w- but it came from a place of like love and he knew yeah, I was struggling. Yeah. So he's like, What are you doing? Yeah. So you So what you were was your mentality just like fuck it, I I'm you know, this is what we got. I'm I'm going for yeah. it. Yeah. You know, let's see if we can't get a little darker before the light you know, thing comes. You just you it is what it is. Yeah. And so um getting getting by, you know, I remember my birthday at that time, that year, it was just it was a dark time for sure. So that's an all in all. So you, sorry, you stopped real estate in 2007, you said? 2007, yeah. Damn. Came back So even though Peace later. Academy was great, you still, I mean, that's four, we're on four years yeah. now of sort of being a little different. Four years, and like yeah. Not knowing, yeah. You know, always, always being into the personal development. And I think that that's also hard when like, I know I have these skills. Yeah. I know I'm better than this. Yeah. It's just, I couldn't break through. Yeah. You know, and so... But but we did okay. We were we were never on welfare. Yeah. But we were barely getting by. But still to be lost. Like I feel like a lot of people talk about like being you know sort of lost at a really young age and you don't know what you want to do. And yeah. it's just interesting to sort of find be in a place of I have everything I could ever want. You had that in a, at a moment. You were killing it. Your King Kevion on yeah. top of the world. To then going and being like ah, what's really my purpose here? Like that's yeah. pretty. Interesting. And I think as a as a man, you know, as a father, when you're supposed to provide and you can't, yeah. it's the most painful thing. Yeah. You know, when you can't put food on the table. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you're trying to, but it's just not working. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're we're struggling. We're doing our thing. We li- we're living in Costa Mesa at the time, and um, man, Memorial Day, 2011 hits, mm-hmm. and you know, that was uh, the most challenging thing I'd ever experienced in my, how, how old am I? 2026? <laughs> oh, then. Then? Yeah, 26. Yeah. No. 28? Yeah, so 28 years old. I'd never experienced anything that could prepare me for that. You know, it was Memorial Day morning, it was a Monday. And uh, Jonas and I were supposed to go a ride for a ride that afternoon. Yeah. And uh, I remember Alana and I were like, all right, we're going to fix up the house. So let's go to Home Depot. And then I'm going to go on my bike ride, yeah. motorcycle ride with Jonas. Because we traded in the, the, the bicycles for big boy Got bikes. Because this, this whole time I, I was about to say, oh, I thought you were talking about bicycles. But yeah, yeah. We, we had a bicycle phase. He, he got me into that. And then he's like, Kev, it's... It's time yeah. for us to get some big boy bikes. Yeah, I like that. So much stuff that I would never be into. I'm like, what are you talking about? Just for the record, I tried to do the exact same thing, except for nobody else bought a motorcycle, so I sold mine. <laughs> like, I was like, you know what, guys? It's time to get the big boy bikes. Dude, and then like three dope. months later, I was like, anyone? It was so dope. Yeah. Like that experience, that era. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, we were really inspired about that like vintage no, racing cool. era, and yeah. it was just a sense of freedom that mm-hmm. I've never experienced. Especially down there, where you can actually oh, ride dude. it a little bit. Up here, we'd you meet, can't. It's just no, a no. death machine everywhere. No, you go. we'd meet. It's it's crazy. It's dangerous. But like there, we'd meet at his house, cruise through Laguna, either go north to Long Beach or south to Dana Point. It was yeah. just fresh. Yeah, that's dope. So that Monday, I remember in the morning from Home Depot, I text him a photo of this vintage BMW. Uh-huh. Uh, motorcycle and he didn't text me back uh-huh. i was like oh it's kind of weird hmm. and um a couple hours later i'm reaching out to people and i can't get a hold of them uh-huh. and pff, that was it yeah you know i got a message from um somebody asking if i knew who where who where he was uh-huh. because he was supposed to pick somebody up yeah and at that moment like I knew something wasn't right. Like I could feel it. And um, I got a call from Jersey Joe and Jersey Joe is his dad, most legendary dude of all time. Uh I mean, he's the one who came up with the the quote, if wealth were measured in love, then we are the richest family in the world. Yeah, that's incredible. So I get a call from Joe and he says, look, he's like, come to the house, come alone, say a prayer. And I, I drive up to his house in Laguna, and it's, it's too late, you know. And that that whole oh man, there's nothing that could prepare you no. for that. Yeah. And you, so you guys didn't even really see that coming. Like it wasn't like. I mean, you could say that writing the writing was on the wall. I guess you yeah. could say because of the type of activities that we we're into yeah. and what we we're about. But nobody sees that. Nobody coming. see. Yeah. Nobody. See, you don't think that. Never. You don't think that at all. Hell no. Yeah, it's just insane. Yeah. I just remember because Kevin Delaney mm-hmm. was our marketing guy at the time, and he called that day and yeah. said, "You know, obviously, I'm not coming in. I, you know, whatever." And I remember it was so devastating to me just because of knowing, uh, you know, who he was and, you know, how young he was and all that stuff. But I didn't, you know, I didn't know him personally at all. Right. So I didn't, you know, I know you guys were like incredibly close, but I just, it's just so, so nuts to me. So, and that was still, why, is that why you're, you're pregnant at the time? Yeah. Um, so times are tough anyway times are tough anyway you're stressed and we're struggling and you're 28 years old man yeah how did that affect you like did that dude i went dark yeah i went super dark like i was dark before that happened yeah but now i'm going really dark yeah you know and um from 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 may to december to make it worse i can't close anything i didn't close a single deal like if you look up my realtor record or whatever in the mls like there's nothing yeah and i'm working every day but i'd be on my way to an appointment and when it hits you the wave just hits you of emotions of loss and i would just start bawling my eyes out and you can't stop it yeah you know and then uh, fortunately in october um my daughter azella was born Uh And it was so crazy. We named her Azella Joni. You know, Joni yeah. was his, his uh, nickname. And it was such a hectic time when she was being born. And, like, you know, she, it's always crazy, yeah. right? 
but I like can imagine yeah <laughs> it's just so crazy and then we're just we're freaked out and the doctor's like how much does she weigh and they're like oh eight pounds da, da, da. okay what time is it and they're like 1647 so alana just uh grabs my hand and she just goes babe it's 447 and like we just knew like the presence in that room it was like you know so and the significance of the 447 was that 47 was jonas's number yeah man so that was like a real like moment did that sort of did that sort of do you feel like um was that the beginning of coming out of or was there that still a darkness, long road after that there's still a long road yeah you know but that was definitely the start of of the sun starting to come out yeah but then another thing uh another blow came and um you know i saw my dad two months later uh-huh. and i had no idea that was gonna be the last time i saw my dad either really yeah he passed beginning of 2012 where had he been until then so we kind of started to lose a connection at the probably end of 2010 because yeah. his drinking has always been pretty crazy but it was also funny yeah he was hilarious to be around yeah. um but that was because he was also making money yeah <laughs> yeah and so when you're not making money and you're drunk i guess it's a different it's story sometimes fun. yeah so um we started to lose you know touch at the end of 2010 and i really hadn't seen him i would seen him almost a year and a half my Good. dad has a prison build you yep. know big big front small legs yeah and uh you know, 220 pounds. And when I saw him, he was about a buck 35 and he had a cane. Got it. He had gray hair. I mean, it was crazy. So, so then was that another like? But the difference is that I saw the legacy that Jonas left. Yeah. I saw how it impacted the world. You know, I saw how it changed the world and influenced people. Yeah. And then when my father passed, you know, we have the same name. And so all of a sudden I get hit with, things that he left yeah old tickets uh, yeah. i had to drive out to riverside or somewhere and prove that that wasn't me speeding and all kinds of weird debts and it really made me look at who i was and really made me look at going into 2012 my legacy yeah what do i have that's to interesting leave? you know if i was if i were gone right now what would i be leaving yeah and the answer was not much so out of that darkness out of that breakdown was the breakthrough of case and do you feel like it was heavily from getting that new sort of awareness of your legacy that started even making you think on that level definitely yeah definitely yeah that's really interesting and then then so what was the breakthrough or well, sort of, you know what I mean, like the actual. So I was going to leave, you know, I only made like maybe 60K in 2011 with mm-hmm. three kids in Orange County and, you know, trying to be a real estate agent. So you need to have a Mercedes, like, you know, things weren't really panning out financially. Yep. So I figured, you know what, why don't I go back into being a life coach? I can mm-hmm. make more than 60K a year being a life coach again. Let mm-hmm. me do that. And my mentor is like, look, you know how to sell real estate. You are good at it. Why why are you having to separate the two? Why don't you do both? Uh-huh. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, realtors need coaches. Uh-huh. Everybody's having to go outside of 
their company to go and find a coach. Why don't you go and kill it in real estate and coach people? Mm-hmm. Like coach like, your, was the coach strategy like to coach your own coach team. Your team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, damn. So that's when I shifted to uh, the brokerage of Keller Williams. And Keller Williams is really big on having a team. I never had a team before. A lot of other companies don't really um, push that, but Keller Williams does. So I went there to really learn those skills. Uh-huh. And um, it really feels like it happened quick. Like, dude, I mean, I was at nothing at the end of 2011. Uh-huh. You know, we sold, I sold that motorcycle to buy Alana's engagement ring. Uh-huh. And we got in a fight about that because for 10 days, I had to make up a story as to where that money went when we really needed oh, to yeah. know <laughs> where that money was. That's so funny. So, um, you know, but it, it, it also wasn't easy because I had an energy of, of inspiration that was also mixed with um, still a little bit of, of darkness that I didn't work through. Yep. And so I was still drinking a lot yep. and partying a lot. And um, Alana and I split up in t- April. Really? 2012. Freshly engaged? Freshly engaged. Wow. Alana doesn't take no she shit. Ain't, she ain't playing. You careful. She gave me <laughs> back the oh, ring. Oh, yeah? You want to go out? How about you take this ring? Yeah, she gave me back the ring, and I remember it just sat on the counter for like a week, uh-huh. you know, and I was like, look, if that thing is still there next week, then I'm going to get my own place, uh-huh. and it was still there. So on April 1st, like moving truck was in front of the house. I think she thought it was an April Fool's joke, yeah. but it was real. And that time alone in that 90 days, you know, I didn't have anybody to blame. Uh-huh. When you're in a relationship, it's very easy to blame the closest yeah. people to you. Yeah. This was the first time in so many years, you know, I go and get my own little my own little spot. I try to hook it up. I put all the art in the walls. I put I had my turntable set up again. Yeah. I thought I was going to have the time of my life. Yeah. I move in with my little brother, Quinn. He's like 22 at that time. All of a sudden, he decides to get into a committed relationship. <laughs> the worst. I thought we were going to go ham. <laughs> Come on, bro. We're supposed to kill it. Not only that, I have no friends. Yeah. Like, nobody came to that spot. Maybe my boy Tyrone might have stopped by once. You know, Ty from yep. LRG. Yep. Like, maybe he came by a couple times. It's like that Hall Pass movie. Dude, you guys ever watch Hall Pass? I've never seen it. You know, it. where like they give, like, it's a comedy, but it's like the wives give the husbands oh, a Hall Pass yeah. for a week. And then they're like so lonely and bored and like, they're, like this shit sucks. And it then they're, sucked. Like, yeah, yeah. It sucks. So then what? So then do you go, then are you on some like, I need Alana, I need my dream girl back? You know, <laughs> not <laughs> you put the, really. Start finding the picture and no, like putting I was, it back honestly, on the wall. Honestly, we were done. Like, like, really? We were fully done. Like my 30th birthday, she's at Coachella. Oh I'm, shit! Back at Coachella. You know what I mean. Yep. I'm I'm wherever I'm at, yep. and we're done. Yep. No call on the thirtieth birthday, and nothing. I didn't deserve a call either. That's crazy. Um, but it, I really just stopped, and it made me like, like, what's it gonna take? And I always go back to my coaches. Like I've always had coaches, and my coach that she's been my coach since I was seventeen. He was like, Kev, what would it take for you to love this thing? And I'd never real looked estate? at real estate. Yeah, yeah. I'd never looked at real estate like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I loved real estate, I'd be selling mid-century homes, modern homes. I'd have this dope team around me. Yeah. Um, I'd be working with people that that I enjoyed being around. I'd be selling contemporary properties. And it was funny because probably ten days after that, I wrote out this 
what does my ideal real estate career look like? Mm-hmm. I get a call from Nick, Nick Diamond, and you know, 2011 was kind of a catapult year yep. for Diamond, and he's like, yo, Kev, dude, I think I need to get a new crib. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm thinking something like mid-century, like <laughs> modern, modern, contemporary. Do you have a dope team by any chance that dude. you have around you? And <laughs> also on that list of, of goals, I wrote down a goal to sell a home above $2 million. Mm-hmm. The only home I had ever sold above a million dollars in my entire career up to that point was Jonas's crib yep. in 2009. Other than that, I had resistance to the luxury homes. Yep. I didn't think I could... Um, I didn't think I could could do that, you know. Um, why do you think? Do you think that was like a mental block? Like, yeah, do you, you know what I mean. Like, is For there sure. anything? I guess no, what I'm absolutely. getting at. It's yeah. absolutely a mental block. I'm not from there. I can't do it. Everybody selling the high end homes is white. Yep. I'm not tall enough. I'm not this enough. It's just a make believe bullshit story that yeah. I kept. And so I wrote down, I want to sell a home to somebody cool, somebody that I enjoy being around, mid-century modern, contemporary, above two million. Nick literally called me 10 days later. Man, can you put some stuff in your like uh, genie bucket for me? I got you, dude. Holy Just let me know fuck. what it is. Let me know. God damn it. Okay, so I'm Nick a new call- life coach. I like this. Please, whatever, I'm in. Let's write some shit down before you leave. Let's do it. Um, no, so, so you saw the house to Nick, so then... Um, and that has a lot to do with it because I had never branded myself in real estate. Right, mm-hmm. I was life coach dude, yep. or LRG affiliate, or what? So, at that time, it was my first time publicly putting myself out there anywhere as a real estate agent via Instagram. Yep, yep. And I remember Nick posting a pic of the house, and he just said, "I had like 200 followers," and he just put thanks at Kevion. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I checked my my Insta, and I'm like, "What the hell? Mm-hmm. You know, all these people." This is crazy. I got 100 new balls. You know? yeah, yeah. And I just remember at our celebration dinner for that house, um, that night, Nick saying, oh, dude, I got a K. It was the first time he got a K for having 10,000 followers. Oh, man. Yeah, funny. and just to kind of put into perspective yeah. of where we're at, he probably has a million followers yeah, now. Yeah. And anyways, Instagram became a big source of exposure for me. Yep. So was it like from that moment you're like shit? I gotta take advantage of this Instagram thing, and then you started like posting more photos. I started posting and- a lot. Yeah, I started posting a lot, and um, it just kind of took off. I mean, at the end, by the end of that year, you know, like to give perspective, you know, I think I probably sold 1.4 million in volume in 2011. Yeah, which is like four homes or something, and then I sold 12 million in volume in 2012. Jesus. Then I sold. 13 million in 2013. So yeah. I had two comeback years. Yeah. Because honestly, in 2012, I felt like Jonas and my dad were just looking out for me. Mm-hmm. And I got lucky. Mm-hmm. So when I did it again, and, yeah. I, and I think my confidence was kind of jacked about who I was also. So in 2013, I had two good years. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I think I could like get caught up on all my old back taxes i owe. yeah 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 um also alana i get alana back in the middle of 2012 how'd you do that we run into each other at a at a fourth of july party at my boy robbie's house you know robbie from next chapter yeah and uh, this is kind of bad but i had traded in her ring for this brightling <laughs> isn't that horrible dude well i mean yeah yes it is but i can't say that i wouldn't do the exact same thing yeah yeah it was the brightling that jonas got me for my 26th 
birthday mm-hmm. that got stolen. So okay, it had so, some meaning to it so too, yeah. and and it had a bezel on it. Yeah. So he always told me that on my thirtieth birthday he was gonna ice out the bezel. Yep. So, so Lana's not with it. me on my thirtieth birthday. I, I've got Guess this who's nice ring. Bezel. <laughs> <laughs> the and, single guy. And so I see her at a Fourth of July party, and the Brightling just caught her attention. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is that what happened, Alana? <laughs> She was like, hey, that, no, looks, you know, that looks like it costs just about the same amount as my old wedding ring. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. My jeweler, Dennis, best dude, he, when I when I, when I I traded that thing in, he was like, Kev, I'm going to hold the, hold on to this for you. I was like, do whatever you need to do, dog. Just give me that brightly. <laughs> yeah. And he held on to it. So, of course, I went and bought it back. Um, Man, how but good. that night, it was like she went and got herself good on her own. Yep. And I took, she got really connected with God and her faith. And I got, as a man, I did what I needed to do. Yep. I needed to get my, my finances together. Yeah. I needed to get my ish together. Yeah. That was what I needed to do for myself. So true. And, you know, I think the best relationships are when there's two people who can kind of just be cool by themselves. Oh, yeah. Come together yeah. and hang out. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. And so... Yeah, that's huge. I feel like that's such a huge thing. I guess as you get married and whatever, I mean, maybe you guys have some sort of practice thing that you do or something, but like almost being able to keep that is so important, it seems like. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so hard, but it's so important. Yeah, it is, to... it is It is. difficult because you get comfy, you know, and uh, like one of my favorite quotes is that if there were more courting in marriage, there'd be less marriages in court. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Isn't that true? Um, what do you say? That's why he made the video. Yes, because he's not creative enough. Yeah. Um, so, you. So then you have the follow up year. It's just funny because I do think that a lot of not everything, but a lot of things are like just the mental game of it all. And it just yeah. sounds like sort of obviously there's experience involved and there's just sort of the stars aligning. But like it seems like the confidence of like having that breakthrough right. of selling the house and then sort of getting the as silly as it sounds, the social media support for that, yeah. sort of dedicating yourself to to real estate, I don't know, it just seems like that was like a huge breakthrough for you. And then to be able to back it up and not just have a lucky year. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like, it just kills me how much of this stuff is is mental. Yeah. You know? It is definitely mental for sure. And I think they're just, it gives you strength when you fall and fall and fall and fall and you make it back again. Like yep. I hit rock bottom, flat broke, top ramen coming out of my ears yep. three times yep. in my entire life. Um, aside from the time where I was just poor, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But like from, from the point of getting on yep. when I'm personally making over six figures, after that, I've hit rock bottom three times. Yep. Um, and so going into 2012, it was like, what do I have to fear? Yep. I know that if I fall again, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's sometimes the things that block us from success is that we have a fear of failure. So if you fail enough, you're going to realize that you're actually not going to die from that failure. You're actually going to be okay. So what do I have to be afraid of? Let's go. I've got nothing to lose. Let's do this. And I got lucky and it just started to crack off.
And what was the transition? When did you make the transition between still working under this other agency and creating your own? So the team started to come together like kind of quickly in 2012 because I'm posting so much stuff yep. and I'm being very real on my social media about my breakdowns and sobriety and Jonas and all this stuff. Yep. And so a lot of people would reach out to me. Um, Richard Mulder was one of the first people to come back. Um, he was Richard Mulder was the first person that I ever coached into real estate Got in it. 2004. Got it. So then Richard went out and did his thing. He killed it in real estate. Um, and then he left and he did a brand called Hillbrews. And in 2012, he came back and was like, hey, you know, I don't know about this thing. How's real estate? And I'm like, dude. It's cracking. It's cracking. <laughs> yeah. And then Danny Montoya came on board, yep. which was like super dope as well for me to hang out with these two people who I admired. And they were homies and we were doing deals. Yeah. And then other people would hit me off hit me up off of social media. Um, Cesar Vasquez is a really cool dude who didn't have his license, but he was just randomly, he was like a sneaker hustler. Mm -hmm. And he's like hanging out in my office. And then there's this other dude and this other dude. And then I go into 2013 and I've got like 10 people chilling around. Mm -hmm. I was like, I think I have a team. It's <laughs> totally by default. Yeah. Um, totally by default. Mm -hmm. And so... And this is still why you're at the other agency, This is right? still, yeah, and I'm still with that agency. Yeah. yeah. So how does that work? Like, they encourage you to, like, you kind of go up through the ranks a little bit, and, like, as you build a team under you, you it kind of all goes through you? Is that how, yeah, like... Yeah, you know, everybody is, like, like, deals go through them. Different people set it up different way. The yeah. big difference between the way I set it up and other teams set it up mm -hmm. is 99% of the time, if you look at a team, it's the... John Smith team yeah. and everybody is basically a minion of John Smith yeah. and they're going to be this guy's going to do this for John this guy's going to do this for John and they're all there to support John yeah my deal is I'm going to basically excel as fast as possible at this thing yeah. and what I want you guys to do is beat me yeah. and just so you know I'm going to give you every single tool that you need to beat me yeah catch me Let's go. Yeah. And so I'm really here to support them in becoming powerful listing agents yeah. and their own real estate agents. Yeah. So um, we're on a team, but I'm more of a coach rather than like this person and that person, you know, is like. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. yeah. And you just sort of that just felt right to you. Like you just felt like this isn't the right way. This is a better. You just felt more comfortable doing it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of it came from um, what I experienced and saw at LRG yeah. is that I don't ever remember Jonas like putting a cap on any ev anybody. Like mm -hmm. he wanted to see everybody excel, mm -hmm. right? And he treated everybody as an equal. Yeah. So to me, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm a coach. Your coach, I might have more experience, but I'm not trying to put a cap on you. Yeah. You know, and so I do have a team within my team yeah. that. They're just legendary. Like, they're with me every day. Like, Sam Orozco is, he works with my uh, buyers, uh -huh. but he also gets listings on his own. Uh -huh. And first year in the game, he was a pro surfer. Now he's joined me and just murdering it. Uh, Logan Montgomery is, like, my right-hand dude. He gets listings. He makes sales. It's like he calls himself my, assist my assistant, but he's so much more than that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's Francis, who's within my team. And then my wife is like 
a crucial part of my team. And then there's my my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, Quinn is he founded a company called Fadeaway Media. He used to work at LRG. The social media, the videos, everything that you see is by my brother. Yeah, like yeah. my brother put us on the map as far as making our videos look cool. Yeah. And he was, you know, he was packing boxes at LRG and he, he, the energy was gone. Yeah. And he picked up a camera, started his own company, and now he like hardly has time yeah. for me because all these other realtors want him to do stuff now. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's all good. <sighs> it's all good, man. We get it. Um, you Would you put a lot of uh, sort of credit or I don't know how to say it. Would you put a lot of uh, power in social media for what you do? I do. For all the marketing and for the... I do, but I don't want people to get it twisted. So many new agents are pouring their time and money into social media Mm -hmm. as if social media is the cake. Mm -hmm. Like social media is not the cake. It's the icing. Your story, your energy, your intention, your heart, your soul, your business. If you don't have business, if you don't have relationships, what are you tweeting about? Nothing. And so much of the stuff that I see agents putting out there is literally nothing yeah like they're taking a screenshot of something with all oh, these percentages and oh, the stupid graph yeah. it's like bro that means nothing to anybody yeah share the trials share the tribulations make a dope story about like your client succeeding yeah. and I think that's where people go so wrong now is because what happened is social media sort of opened up this thing, right? Where everyone's their own brand, everyone's their own media company, everyone's their own whatever. And I think people took that kind of wrong and are taking that wrong now a lot where it's almost like who can front the hardest or who can become the most famous or who can look like they're working the hardest as opposed to like the authenticity. Yeah. You know, like the authenticity is sort of gone. For sure. Because people, it's all a contest of like sort of this facade of what can you look like. Yeah. Um, but it's just interesting, man. I just feel like for social media, even to be so effective and work so well in a, obviously it works massively. It's a massive part of my business when I'm selling clothes, right? For that to translate all the way to real estate is just interesting. I mean, it just really is the new everything for marketing. If you use it right. If you use it right. And I think like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about that. He's like, we're all in a battle for attention. Yeah. You know, so the question is, what kind of attention are you seeking? Yep. You know, and my intention is inspiration and education. Mm-hmm. So although I am in this cheese ball industry called real estate with a bunch of sharks mm-hmm. and people who are money hungry and watching too much like Wolf of Wall Street just trying to get paid, mm-hmm. I'm still able to send that message of inspiration and education like yep. with my post that's my intention yep. so um i you know and i don't i think it's important for kids to get that it doesn't really matter if you're doing real estate or if you're the ice cream guy if you're the clothing guy if you're the rapper if you're the 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 car guy it's like what's your intention yep. what's your message what's your purpose what's your story pour that into that thing yeah you could be the most inspiring, creative barista. Yeah. If that's what your thing is, yep. do that thing. Yep. Yep. People are like, I'm sure you get hit up, oh, I want to do a clothing company. Yep. Or people hit me up, oh, I want to do real estate. Yeah. Well, what are you really saying, though? Yeah. 
Especially right. with clothing, because obviously that's what I get asked the most. And the first answer is always, what does it mean? What is it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not, you're not going to make the most affordable clothes. Right. You're just not. You're not going to make a designer brand from scratch. It's a tough mountain to climb. You're not going to, like, what are you really, what does your brand mean? What does it stand for? Right. What is anything behind it? Yeah. Why are you doing it? But even, you know, for that to translate, I think, like you're saying, that translates into any business, literally any business. Literally any business should have that why or that purpose definitely you know, it's just most direct in like clothing yeah but no i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more and to be able to transfer it into a business like real estate like you right. said that is so sort of there's not new real it's not a lot of people sort of breaking the mold in real estate right it's just like no. you're you're there's you're, the new guys who are on tv and stuff mm-hmm. like that now real estate's big because it's on tv yep. so there's these like realtor celebrities yeah but a lot of them are just still the same douchebags that real estate people have always been. It's just now they're on TV. 100%. So now you're a glorified douchebag. Yeah. yeah. Great. It's just dope. Awesome. Man. To be able to add that level of depth to it, it's just cool too. And it also explains like how you kind of felt like there was no depth or there was no purpose to real estate for so long. And now you found it. And it's led you, not only have you found it just to sleep better at night, but it's led you to massive success way beyond what you ever probably would have gotten because you just didn't like the shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and I think I didn't like it because I wasn't doing, I wasn't, it, it wasn't for others. It yeah. was for me. Yeah. You know, and when you're in something to take, 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 you feel taken. Yeah. So you get what you give. And as soon as I started to figure out like, well, what am I inspired by? I'm inspired to help families, whether you're a uh, first-time buyer and you're just getting your first home and your home's you and your boys, or you're uh, somebody who just got a divorce, or you're somebody who just got married, or you just experienced somebody who passed away. These are all situations that are involved in, people are involved with, for homes and for real estate. And so if you can capture the essence of why somebody is moving and tap into that, yeah. and I get to be that person in the middle to guide them and find their, this property for them where their firstborn's gonna take their first steps. Yeah, yeah. It's like, damn, I love this. Yeah. I love this game. Getting yeah. the check is bittersweet these days. Yep. You know, because it's like, damn. Like, I just finished a deal. <sighs> Dude, I showed this family over 150 homes. Jesus. Yeah, it took over two years. Do you know them personally? <laughs> yeah, now. You do now, yeah. Now. I'd be like, listen, yeah, this I met is them on a cold 30, call. I'm out. Yeah, I met yeah. them on a cold call, and I just couldn't give up on it. And it, it's just really cool because, like, when we went to the we, – we like to host the closing parties if we can. Mm-hmm. So when we hosted the closing party and I went to take a picture – of um of them in front of their home they're like dude like get in this photo like you're you have made it into our family photo (laughs) like we do not need a photo of just us on our mantle you have to be in it you know and so for for me it's like i came coming from a torn family and coming from somebody who had to move so much and and the home my home really represented safety and i really gravitated towards finding that with other people yeah. it's giving me this whole other level of passion with my business and finding a way of how am i going to master this experience yeah. for people yeah yeah that's 
So powerful, man. Yeah, okay, so let me ask you this: what? Ask your real estate agent if he does that. And no that shit. Way. Yeah, next time you're shopping for a house, guys, <laughs> ask them. <laughs> ask them what they're really there for. Is it themselves or is it to make it into your family picture after showing you 157 <laughs> houses? <laughs> um, what do you do now as far as the, uh, whatever you call it, what do you call it, sort of personal, I don't want to say self-help, but like the mm-hmm. affirmations and they're like, what's your routine now? Like yeah. showing how much, how many things have came true for you and have worked out for you? Obviously, it's something that you heavily believe in. You've done it now for however long, 20 yeah. years or something. Um, what's your routine look like now? Yeah. So it's crazy. It's gotten to a place where it's like, I feel like I'm counting the minutes mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm up if we're, it, it, it all comes down to time, mm-hmm. right? And so I track and, and guard my time more than ever now. Mm-hmm. So on an average day, Monday through Friday, I'm up at 4.30. So I'm at the same place. I mean, if you follow my Insta story, uh, I'm at the same place every single day. Uh Um, So getting up at 4.30 to 5 is a kind of a quiet time for me. I may be in prayer. I may be reading something. I may just be going for a walk. But at 5 o'clock every day, I'm at the gym. um, And I'm having a race with myself. Like right now, my goal is to see if I can run a five-minute mile. Uh I've got to 5.23. Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) And so... And I'm not like a workout dude. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I'm, I'm at 9:45. <laughs> if you want to, you want to come running with it, me. But, but I'm I'm looking at every area. Like my whole life, I feel like is personal development now. Mm-hmm. Like I want to know, like how can I be a better husband? Yep. How can I be a better father? How can I be better with my money? Yep. Um, and so, but back to the schedule is I'm home by six, and from six o'clock to seven o'clock, that is mapping out the day. You know, what's, what are my goals? What are my intentions? I write out uh, a, an AID process many days, and it's something that I got from my mentor. A is where you write out what you appreciate. Mm-hmm. The I is your intention. Um, how do you intend to feel for the day? Because everything that you, you're chasing from a deal to a spouse to money, it's you're chasing a feeling. Mm-hmm. And when you can realize that that feeling is available to you now and you can tap into it by choosing it, well, that's intention. So that's the intention piece. And then uh, there's the delegation piece. So I write out my goals uh, and I call it delegation because I'm delegating them to God Mm -hmm. and thanking him in advance for helping me make this stuff happen. So I write out, uh, I'm thankful, God. Sometimes I add, I'm thankful to God, uh, Jonas and dad Uh for assisting me with. Uh And then I'll write out my goals for the day. Um, Is it very, um, it's for the day? For the day. Not for like 10 year, 20 year. It's usually for the day. Do you have anything now that's um, equivalent to wishing for the BMW? Even if it's not as surface level or. Dude, you want to know a crazy one? Yeah. This is crazy. <laughs> this is really tight. So, <laughs> two weeks ago, and I told you this already, but I'll tell you again. But two weeks ago, I'm in a new business meeting with this, with this coach. And he asked me, so Kev, you've hired me. What do you want? Your business is going good. What do you want? And I'm like, man, I just want to impact more people. Yeah. Right? Like, I want to make a bigger influence. He's like, well, how do you want to influence people? I'm like, well, I want to influence people to know that their life has a purpose and that they can find it if they look for it and to believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. 
He's like, all right, well, that's cool. So how, how how big do you want to take this? I was like, how about a million people? Uh-huh. He's like, by when? I'm like, in the month of May. <laughs> He's all, damn. He's like, but that would be a breakthrough for you. Yeah. And I was like, yes, absolutely. He's like, so you need me to help you manifest making a positive impact on a million plus people in the month of May. I was like, yes. He's like, all right, do you have any idea? I'm like, well, I don't know, Instagram, YouTube, like maybe a podcast. Yeah. An hour before session two, which was last Tuesday, last Monday, I get a text from Sneaker Steve mm-hmm. and you. Uh-huh. Hey, Kev. Da, 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 da. We got a million people here. We're wondering Dude. if by any chance you want to inspire them. Uh, you know. <laughs> and that that experience this last week and being here right now is one of the. Uh, it feels like that. It feels That's like crazy. I manifested the seven. So thank you. Man, that really makes me happy. Like I don't even really know how to take that. You know what I'm saying? But it's real, and 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 I think people, the listeners, should get that whether it's a car or whether it's being on this podcast, or whether it's a check, or whether it's a girl, or whether it's a house, or whether it's a vacation, yeah. you have to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Ask and it is given. Like, And I think people forget that you just ask for it. Mm-hmm. You know, in the universe, God wants you to have everything. Yeah. But what are you asking for? And as soon as you get present to the fact that your energy is your request to the world of more stuff, yeah. Well, that's when there's power because now you can get that, all right, well, if I'm not feeling good, I better fix this thing quick because if I'm not feeling good, I'm attracting more reasons that are congruent with how I feel. If you look at a clock, it goes thoughts, feelings, actions, results. Thoughts, feelings, actions, results. So this is my seven series, being on short story long. Stop it. It's too. I just. I literally can't even process it. Like it's cool to me. I when I started this thing, like I told you on the phone, when I started this thing, like I had a similar goal. I had gotten to a point where I had had more success than I ever thought I would, and there was just sort of this wanting to not only be selfish and force. Like I would have liked before I ever had this podcast to hit you up blindly and say, "Hey, man, heard a lot about you. We should go to lunch sometime and have a very similar conversation." Yeah. The problem is I never would have actually done it. Right. So selfishly, this was my excuse to have conversations like this that yeah. I wouldn't have done. But what it really was was a it was just this feeling of like you should put something out into the world that is that inspires or that helps. And yeah. I almost felt like to your point, like I went through a phase where I had first became successful and started making a lot of money from the clothing stuff. And I felt this urge to show how successful I was because mm. that meant that the brand was successful. Sure. And it's right when all the guys started buying Ferraris and all this stuff. So of course I played in that game and did all this stuff and, and it was fun, but it sort of led me to this next step, which was, okay, you've done that. You've showed off how cool you are. Now right. how can you add some value right. to the world? Um, and even people, even kids coming up to me and saying, hey, this is so inspiring and you help me. I listen to it every day at yeah. work and blah, blah, blah. But I guess when it's someone like you that I respect so much and that is such a smart guy that listens to all these things and does Tony Robbins stuff and blah, 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 to say that this is something that you actually listen to and it actually... Uh, it, it makes you happy to be asked to be on it. It's like next level. Like yeah. I still can't quite process that yet. So well, you asked I for appreciate it, though, that. right? I did. Yeah, you asked for it. Yeah, and I think if people can just get that, whatever you ask for, over and over and over, as crazy as it may sound, 
if you believe in it, it will come. Yep. You know, as cliche as that is, you know, it's it's that three, there's that three-step process, right, of you've got to know there's a treasure out there, mm-hmm. right? You've got to know, number two, that you're going to find it, mm-hmm. and you've got to know, number three, that it's going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. The challenge is some people don't even know what their treasure looks like. Yeah. How do you find that out? You just gotta gotta dig deep, mm-hmm. you know. And you might not be able to find this crazy, complex, change the world thing. Maybe maybe it's just saving a thousand bucks, and that's that's a goal for you. And you get there, and then you'll set another goal. That's what then I'm big set on too. Goal. What I'm big on too is like people worry about like this massive goal. Like, what's my thing? What's my calling? Yeah. What's my whatever? And it's like if you take the first step, that almost sometimes acts as like a step ladder to the next set of goals that you couldn't see before you accomplished that one you know and i think that's such a big thing too is like it doesn't have to be this grand change the world plan and then you go start executing it like what's the next immediate goal and then how do you go accomplish that because it just it's like levels in a video game man i don't know it even happens to me to this day yeah i get jammed up or i get in a valley or i can't find the next thing and it's just like it's always as easy as just doing the next thing in just front get of you that and next the next thing. 10 open up. You yes, know? absolutely. And I think like if you get that where you're at is exactly where you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. right? Where you're at is exactly where you're supposed to be. And keep in mind, though, wherever you go, you're also going to take you with you. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to fix your problem by get, going to another job or another industry mm-hmm. or another relationship, mm-hmm. Dude, you're still taking yourself with you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to know, like, who are you? What are you about? What do you stand for? And work from there. For the listeners, um, with all the knowledge that you have of this stuff, as well as what you do for yourself, like, is there anything that you could give them? If you said, hey, here's sort of Kevion's short little recipe to start to do some of this stuff yourself because i feel like what happens a lot is a lot of these younger people listen to stuff like this or they read books and it never really says like this is what you should do right now right so do you have anything that's like when you wake up in the morning you have 10 things i got 10 things give them to me all right cool um because it's i think it's important for kids to know to people not just kids but like there's a difference between knowing something and then owning something Mm -hmm. so you can read something in a book but it doesn't necessarily mean that you own that thing. So with these things, I'd encourage you guys to actually play with them. Like, I'd love to know what you're getting from them. Um, I'd love to, to, to be able to answer people's questions about how they've helped you or, or things you might be stuck on. But these are my basic top 10 insights and principles that I feel could make a big difference in your life. Yep. So number one, plain and simple, write it down. You've got to write it down. You know, if you look at your life as a movie, do you have a script, right? If you look at your life as a movie, what's your script? Who's in it? What's the soundtrack? What's the color? What's the cast like? So write it down. Write your goal. There's magic in writing down what you want to do and what you want it to to look like. Um, And I would encourage you to actually write it down in the seven equities. The seven equities are your mindset, your health, your spirituality, your family, your social life, business, and money. Write it down. Write it down one, three, five, and ten years and just see what happens. And that, because I saw, because you showed me Jonas's, that is, do you write it down in the forms of goals under those things or what that looks like in five years, essentially? Yeah, or even one year. 
you know, so if you're writing it down and it's in regards to financial, right, and it's uh, 2018, right, for next year, and it could be something like if it's for for financial, it could be like have $10,000 saved, right, or maybe it's about your credit score and you want to get your credit score to a certain amount, whatever, Mm -hmm. but just write something down that is true to you, not your mom, Yep, you know. That's a huge thing too. Yeah. So many people are like have these other other people's expectations or yeah. these outlandish, you know, whatever. Okay, keep yeah. going. Uh, step two, number two, is to affirm it. Right. When you have your goals, basically, all you got to do to affirm it is take your goals and put an "I am" in front of it. So if your goal is to earn ten thousand dollars a month, then your affirmation is "I am a ten thousand dollar a month income income earner." If your goal is to get your weight to one hundred and sixty five pounds with a eight uh, percent body fat or whatever it is, is I have I weigh one hundred sixty five pounds and have eight percent body fat. If you're you, you know what I mean, yep. you know, and uh, you might have some physical or or, or material things in there. Nothing wrong with that. You want to be pushing the new 488 yeah, Ferrari, am, whatever it is. Cool. I am a 488 owner. Exactly. That also has only 8% body fat. <laughs> <laughs> so affirm it over and over. So every morning at Case, right, we say all these affirmations. I'm alive. I'm inspired. I'm ready to make it happen today. Yep. I focus on making a difference for others. I believe in myself, right? You just got to affirm this stuff because you're affirming stuff either way. Yes. Let me just ask, on its most practical form, if I'm little Jimmy in Illinois, do I do that every morning in the mirror before I have my coffee? Like, you, you just make it a part of your daily routine, right? Make it a part of your daily routine. And you look and you say it Have a laminated loud. version of your affirmations in the shower. Yep. Hopefully, little Jimmy's in there at least once a day. Hopefully, Jimmy. Yeah. If, you, okay. if you're not showering once a day, you put that All on right. your affirmations. I am a clean exactly. Jimmy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, number three, what I put down is build your dream team. You are who you spend your time with. Maybe your dream team is just your next door neighbor or just your one friend and everybody else sucks. Dude, get those people away from you. It's like crabs in a bucket. It's very common as one person in a circle starts to excel, other people want to pull that person down. So be sure that you keep people around you that are going to move you forward. And if you're forced to be around people who, who don't move you forward, do your thing. Until you can find a new group of people. Yep. You know, I get it. Your workplace might not be the most inspiring place. Yep. But you got to keep in mind that your ass is there for some reason. Yep. So that's who you've been. That that, that Who you've been got you there. Yep. So if you want to be and work somewhere else, then you got to be somebody else. Yep. Right? And before you know it, you'll have that dream team. So build your dream team. Number four is uh, a, a, a proverb from my mentor, Thatch, Vietnamese dude who came here with nothing, and now he's just killing the game. Thatch is like slaying. Real estate or not? In Seattle. Yeah, yep. I mean, he is a legend in the real estate world. Mm-hmm. Very inspiring and very much about making a difference. Came here from nothing, and uh, he's just got the 488. He's pretty sick. What's his body fat? Uh, I think it's like six. He's doing Ooh, pretty good. Yeah, bad. yeah. He must be saying his affirmations. Yeah, man. So Thatch's ancient Vietnamese proverbs, guys. You can write this down. It's spelled P H U K. Second word is H A U. P H U K H A U. So if you sound out that ancient Vietnamese proverb, it sounds like fuck how. 
And what that's all about is you have to say fuck how when you're writing out these goals, these visions, these dreams, because as you start to think about stuff that you want to do, this three-letter word is going to come in the way, and it's how. Well, how am I going to do that? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And it stops you from even dreaming. So be sure you remember my buddy Thatch and his ancient Vietnamese proverb, fuck how. And his name's Thatch, so like he was born to be a star, really. Yeah, truly. Another one, number seven, name your kid Thatch. <laughs> Five is practice, be, do, have. You'll read this and study this and, and hear about this if you read uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Pretty much this is the basis of all the law of attraction. And it's be, do, have. That's the three-step process for a manifestation Whereas most people, we're going backwards, right? Mm -hmm. We're playing the game of have, do, be. Mm -hmm. Well, man, first, in order to, to do that, I got to have that diploma, or I got to have this, or I got, and then I can go do that and yeah, do that. Yeah. But what if rappers were like that, mm -hmm. right? Rappers and hip hop, I think, is a perfect explanation and description and representation of be, do, have. Imagine if a rapper was like, oh, man, shit. I got to get the rolls first and mm -hmm. then and then I got to get some bottles mm -hmm. and then I got to get the watch and then I can go and be that dude. Yeah. No, the, the best rappers excelled so fast because they just started living and representing this essence that they already made it. Yeah, yeah. Rappers are the definition of be do have. That's so true. That's so true. God damn it, they're the kings of that. Because you're like in a Rolls Royce and a Lamborghini kings. with girls and bottles when you're literally in your mom's basement. Nothing. Because you can't, yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Start, yeah, study rap. Study rap. Six, oh, you know what, look at skateboarding too. Yeah. If you have to have had a switch flip down six stairs, but then you're wanting to do a switch flip to backside tail slide on a, the same certain ledge, yeah. but you couldn't get past that you haven't done this switch flip whatever on something else. Yeah. You'd never be able to trick your mind into believing that you could do that thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like you have to physically get yourself into this space where you're tricking yourself of, I can do this job interview. Yeah. I can land this. I can be this person. Yeah. But it's be, do, have. That's good. Uh, number six is there's three ways to play the game. You can play the game from the past to the present. Based on what happened last year, here's what I'm going to do this year. I wouldn't do that. You can also play the game from the present to the present. All right, forget last year. Here's where I am today. What am I going to do today? I would encourage you to play the game from the future to the present. Think, just go there. Go to 2020, 2021, 2030, whatever it is. And just picture, if I could have it anyway, what does it look like? And work your way from future to present. Yep. Uh, number seven is a tool that you could use when you're in a rut. People always ask, what do you do when you're in a rut? So this is a process, three-step process. It's called recognize, realize, and recreate. Step one, recognize it. Recognize like, oh, shit, I'm in a rut. Mm -hmm. I'm in a funk. I'm depressed. I'm sad. Mm -hmm. I'm bummed. Uh, whatever it is. Like, I calculate my energy on a scale of 1 to 10. Mm -hmm. I always got to be above 7. Yeah. If I'm below a 7, well, now I'm borderline 5, which is not good or bad. Yep. So if I'm at a 6, there, I've, got a, I've got a mental trigger that goes off when I'm at a 6. Why? 
So first I catch it. Number two, I have to realize the real lies, right? Like there's lies, AKA a story. So if somebody rips me off, um, which happens to me a lot, or somebody does something shady to me, which happens to me a lot, well, it's very easy to go into this story of poor me, or why'd that happen? And yep. I'm so stupid to, to loan somebody money and not have them pay me back again. Yep. And now, I, now I'm in this funk. But so you have to realize the story is step two of that. Yep. There is a make-believe story that's making you feel that certain way. Mm -hmm. And if you can realize it, that it's just a make-believe story, like my life wasn't really over yeah. when I had a kid at 17. Yeah. But I sure had a story that it was. Yeah, yeah. Step three of that is recreate. Cre recreate a new energy for how you want to feel about that person ripping you off, about not landing that job, mm -hmm. right? Recreate it. Give me an example of it. Like, what would your new story be for somebody who ripped you off? So I had a, <laughs> I had a dude well, rip me, me off <laughs> recently. He, I have a Beverly Hills branch, uh -huh. and I started a whole team in Beverly Hills, yep. and I hired somebody to be the team leader there. Mm -hmm. In the process of being the team leader there. Um, he actually starts to run his own team, a different team, within my team. Mm -hmm. um, and he asked me for a $10,000 loan to help him keep this thing afloat. I did it. I didn't even know this guy that well, but I did it because he's like, dude, if I had this, I'd really be able to do this and do that and do that. So I loaned him the money. Yep. Next thing you know, he resigns from that position. He tells me that he's doing that to... Um, follow his passion of speaking the word around the world. I'm like, damn, somebody tells you that. I'm not going to ask him about no, my loan. That's a good excuse. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one's going to question what? that. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's running. A, he takes like five of my agents, stays with the company of that, the main branch, and is, he launched a whole company. Like, what? That you paid for. What the hell? <laughs> you invested so in it. So point <laughs> being, the story was, Kev, you are a idiot yeah how could you do this that's just a story what it is is this dude had a, had his own goals mm -hmm. he had his own dreams that my company did not support yeah what's wrong with that yeah so how i'd like to how i chose to recreate that energy was gratitude yeah like no matter what did i improve his life well yeah i did did I help him find some clarity? Well, yeah, I did. Did I help him out financially? Well, hopefully I get my loan back, first of all. Yeah. But bottom line is, I helped him, and yeah. that's who I am. So am I doing my purpose? Yes, I am. Yeah. So guess what? I'm good. But, and he lied about God, so he's going oh to hell anyway. Oh, my God. I mean, so at the end of the day, he's <laughs> fucked anyway. Um, <laughs> Okay, got it. I just needed that. I need, I think a lot of times people need examples of yeah. like, you know, these some of these things seem so Dude, big. it could be it's traffic. Like... You're in traffic. Yep. You're bummed out. You're annoyed. You're frustrated. Yep. So the story is, why did I get stuck here? You might even be saying, why did I choose to work here? Yep. You got this whole story. Recognize it. Realize that you're making this BS story up about cars going slow. Mm -hmm. You live in LA, cars go slow. Yep. How can you recreate that? How dope I get to sit in traffic and just listen to every single short story long again. <laughs> yeah, nice. nice plug. I think how most of the recreates will go back to the energy that you're really seeking yep. is gratitude. 
because the opposite of gratitude is resistance. And when you resist something, when you say this isn't right, this isn't how it should be, this doesn't work, well, now you're in lack, not abundance. And from lack, you can't attract abundance. So go back to gratitude. It's crazy how as much as I read, anything that I read or the people I talk to or whatever, like gratitude is just such a massive thing. Yep. Trying to get better at that. Eight is, this is something Jonas would always say, is you get out what you put in. Yep. So just remember, just Instagram's not going to do it for you. You get out of it what you put into it. And it's all about your perspective. I saw, heard a really good quote. This dude, Josh, and my team brought it the other day. I think Mark Cuban said it. It doesn't matter if the glass is half empty or half full. All that matters is that you are the one pouring the water. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a huge one. Nine is your time. Track your time. If you give yourself all day long to do something, it's probably going to take all day long to get it done. So track your time on an hourly basis. If you're doing nothing for two hours, you're scrolling, it's all good. But track your time as time is truly our most valuable asset. Like time is truly money. So track it so that you know how you're spending it. And then lastly is just my personal motto, which is show up, do my best, let God do the rest, and enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's going to be highs. There's going to be lows. But that's what it's all about. If you can learn to embrace the breakdown, embrace the struggle, and know that contrast creates clarity, and know that it's that traffic that you're sitting in that's gonna make the road feel so good when it clears up, and just dance with it. Like, embrace those challenges, um, and enjoy the process. It's all part of it. Yeah. That's huge. That's it. So there you go, kids. I think a lot of times, like, we have these, and I don't really know how, I'm trying to figure out how I can apply more of this sort of stuff to the podcast. Like, I wanna actually sort of hands-on help a little bit more or maybe at the end of the episodes I ask people for their things or whatever it is but I just feel like a lot of times it's off to a good start because I'm telling stories which in turn inspires and it's not it doesn't feel like you're at school right but um I do want to add more actual tools and say here's some stuff that you could do and I knew that you would be good at that cool um okay so when it comes to case back on case and we'll give kind of the the big finale here. So case now, if I'm not mistaken from what I've read or what I know is now its own, obviously freestanding thing. This Mm -hmm. pretty massive. How many employees do you have? We have trimmed it down to 47. Jesus. Okay. We had like 85. Wow. And was that just sort of efficiency? Yes. And I had to go through a learning curve of realizing, um, Man, that it's it's quality, not quantity. Yeah. You know, I got I drank the juice in re- regards to building this huge, massive team. Yeah. And that really taught me a lot. So, um, you know, everybody, I get hit up a lot from agents who want to join the team. Um, and we're just being more selective now. We've yep. realized that not everybody is really down for what, for, for being on case. Yep. They might just want to get what we have, take it and run with it, yep. which I get that too, but that's not, it's not the time for that. Like I'd like to do more things like this so that I can help other agents yep. without having to, you know. So what would you sort of describe what it is now, if this makes sense, describe what it is now. Cause I know that, I guess what I'm getting at is this. I know, and obviously from now talking to you for the last hour and a half that 
it's so much more than mm -hmm. just, oh, yeah, I'm a real estate dude. Yeah. And me and my friends sell houses. Right. So it kind of give me like what it is now. And then what is it? What's the end game? Yeah. Like what is case in 20 years? Right. You know, when you're sort of like in your mansion on your throne and you're surrounded by great people. You're an a airstream. Good dude. I want to be in like an airstream in Joshua Tree. Okay, perfect. Fair enough. But whatever it is, whatever your throne but I is. I own a lot of land. You happen to own all of Joshua Tree. <laughs> um, uh, um, what sort of when you're, you know, just that that sort of, I don't mean it seriously, but sort of when you're at the end yeah, and yeah. you've conquered everything that you want to conquer and you're really proud of what you've done, what is that? So start with now and sure. then get me there. Well, so Case now is a real estate and personal development company. Mm hmm you know, we work with people on their big dream in life. And many times what occurs next is their dream home, mm -hmm. right? So whether the dream home is a goal of yours or not, we're a personal development company first, meaning we're passionate and inspired to working with everybody yep. about their goals. Yep. The the passion and the inspiration to make a difference to others, it's evident right on inside of our own team, mm -hmm. right? It starts within us. Uh, when I saw Jennifer Hasoy, who's Christian Hasoy's wife, get a tattoo of our logo, she was the very first person to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that- and She's an employee. She's an agent, yeah. yeah. She's an amazing agent on our team. That, uh, man, almost made me shed a tear yeah. because I know that she didn't do it because- it's a real estate company. Yeah. You know, she told me like, Kev, like cases changed my life. Like I've never, I never had goals before this. Yeah. Right. So, um, do you do a lot of like team, team building and growth every things day. and like you bring, because so you've obviously I, brought I mean, our, a lot of... our Monday meeting is like a Tony Robbins event. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Damn yeah. it. Damn it. Come through, dude. Sometimes Check I play like Justin Bieber songs when my meetings are starting. You know what I mean? I really got to. Sam, gotta, Sam really will good, be Thank you, man. I got you. you. That, Sam is like thank the you. number one Bieber fan. Yeah, I just play loud like pop music when oh, my yeah. meetings start. But I'm going to start getting some chance. I want to come. Can I just come we do watch a rap, one? We do a, a battle in our meeting. So our meeting, to kind of give you an example of it, I start off with the, the five goals or insights or principles for the week. Yep. Right. And we talk about, you know, we talk a little bit about listings and sales, but we talk more about our personal goals. It's like, you know, there's the meetings 30 deep, something like that. What is, give me give me an example, like so, sort of like what are some of the goals for the week? So we also track our numbers heavily. Mm -hmm. Right. Sales can be much about numbers. Yep. And so we'll set goals for how many contacts we're going to make, how many listings mm -hmm. we're going to take, how many appointments we're going to go on as a group, as a group. Yep. Um, but one of the coolest things that we've added to our, our Monday meeting, we've now had 11 battles, uh -huh. right? We put on mob deep shook uh -huh. ones and I choose two people. We call it five minutes of fire and I choose two agents. I only give them a, like a day's notice. I text mm -hmm. them on Sunday, I'll text them the Mob Deep Shook Ones instrumental, <laughs> and they know it's on. So at about 8.30 Monday morning is when we do that piece, and each person has five minutes to drop the most inspiring insights that they could possibly imagine. Uh -huh. And <laughs> we, we, we judge that on preparation, content, passion, because how you are in one area is how you are everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, well, let's see how well you do inspiring us 
because that's going to show us how well you do inspiring a seller yeah. or inspiring a seller or yeah. inspiring a buyer. Yep. You know, so uh, whoever wins, I make cold calls for them for an hour, mm -hmm. which is something I strangely really enjoy doing. Really? Yeah. Is it sort of a like back to where I started thing? Like a, like a. So I love connecting with people. Yeah. Right. Like till this day, I knock on about 500 doors a month just as one piece of my business. So like I you go personally, me personally, like conservatively, some months it's a thousand, 50 doors a day, 250 doors a week. Letting people know about my open house, letting people know about a sale that just happened, mm -hmm. promoting something. Mm -hmm. Half the doors you get slammed in your face. Yeah. Other ones are like, cool, yeah, I know your stuff. Sometimes people are like, you still do this? Because <laughs> yeah. I built a, a bit of a name in Newport Beach, Costa Mesa, Laguna yeah. Beach. Um, and it just keeps me humble when some guy tells you to F off and yeah. get off his property. Yeah, that's good. That's good for your... Oh, dude. Can't let old oh King Kevion come back. Dude, you know what I mean? It's we got to keep him, keep dude, him it's suppressed. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I feed off of that, though. Yeah. So, I know. I agree. What's the. Um, so that's a heavy, heavy element in all things in your company. Because what else I notice is, if I'm not mistaken, you have a lot of people working for you that never were in real estate. Oh, tons. And it just seems like I get this vibe that like you're sort of bringing people in that maybe are looking for something to do or looking for a path or a purpose or yeah. a whatever, and you sort of teach them not only real estate, but like how to just be better people, it yeah. sounds like. No, it, it, we kind of attract this crew of misfits. Yeah. That's for sure. Like Carter Kaufman is, was Rookie of the Year last year, and you know he's, he's like eight years sober. He was working at a pizza spot before and then through Instagram, you know, reached out and then he just was killing it. Sold like maybe $12 million in real estate last year. Jesus. And, um, you know, we've got people like Danny Navarro, who was at the wrong place at the wrong time when he was 17 mm -hmm. and ended up doing, I think, eight years wow. um, in a blue collar prison where he was handed the book Think and Grow Rich. Yep. And he came out and he's like, man, I'm. I'm going to get into the game. Another dude reached out to me on Instagram. He sold 26 homes last year. Dude is a legend. Um, Megan Darakshian, Dakota Muda, my old assistant. I mean, dude, I could literally say every single person on my team and just watching them um, chase their dreams. Yeah. Fail a lot. So good. Dude, fail, 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 fail. But I'm failing with them. Yeah. Like, I'm in the mix with them. I'm sharing stories of how I went on a listing presentation and completely bombed. Yeah. Like I'm in this game with them. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, we've we've attracted a ton of people who were not in the game before. Yeah, that just has to be a good feeling. Yeah. That's something that here, I mean obviously I try to look out for for the people that work for us and take good care of them and have that sort of energy, but like it's a little different than saying here's let me teach you a set of skills and set up goals for you and you can make a shit ton of money. Yeah. Sort of like your future's in your own hands a right. little bit. You know what I mean? Um, it just has to be a good feeling. Definitely. So I guess then that would lead me to what my next question was is like how, what is the end goal or what is the like, what's the empire look like? Do you want to do that with 5,000 people or do you want to go more into the self-help stuff and less in the real estate stuff or what is that for you? Well, I think it's like it's it's my my son, middle son's name is Kaizen, right? Mm -hmm. Which stands for continuous and never-ending improvement. Yep. So I really enjoy the pace that it's happening at. I don't even really want to change much. Yep. But we just want to grow and continue being a bigger 
impact and bigger influence on the world. So on both levels, I have a side company called KLVS, which is still, um, it's a part of CASE. It just stands for CASE Life Visionary School. Mm -hmm. So that's our division where we do special events, um, seminars, personal coaching for all industries. And then on the real estate side, it's like we're inspired to help people achieve their real estate goals, Mm -hmm. period, end of story. Um, But we're also in this arena where it's like so many people um, have no idea how to go about it. Mm -hmm. So there's an educational platform that we're working on bringing to the table. You might be a year away, two years away. Well, dude, reach out to us so that we can educate you on how you can get prepared. If you're a 16-year-old, if you're a 40-year-old, the majority of millionaires in the world did become millionaires on paper through real estate. So, like, get in the game, you know? And we want to be a support group for people that uh, maybe they're already a legend in the game. Well, great. Let us help you become even more legendary. Maybe you're a kid that wants to make the right decision somewhere and wants to make a plan. Well, again, we are a personal development and real estate company. But we like working with people on their goals first. The dream home's going to come, but it's going to come at an even faster rate if the first equities of your life are already in place. Yeah, you got to start doing like, I know you probably do. I didn't look too deep through your Instagram, but like just putting this stuff out there too. Yeah. You know, I feel like the same way that you had that breakthrough of like putting the real estate shit out there mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it sort of made it make all more sense. I just, you, you speak about it so well. Yeah, thank you. And you're you. such a like, I think so many people are going to love this because you're such a like normal, relatable dude who went into this industry that a lot of people do and are killing it in that but as like a relatable you know i don't know i just feel like real estate seems like one of those things that like it's really easy to look at and be like oh i don't know that's not for me like i don't fit into that sure you know like that's other people's thing yeah for sure and i just think to be able to translate like i'm I'm just like a lot of people, but I figured out how to sort of do this and how to add some depth to it and how to make it make sense. Like I would just say like as much as you can put that stuff out and put it on yeah. Instagram or whatever, uh, you should do it because cool. there's tremendous value there. Awesome, and you'll man. see from all this stuff. Awesome, And we'll make awesome. sure we edit the videos and do all that. Um, this is a big one, and this is one of my favorite ones. If everything that you've been through seen accomplished fucking i mean your story is insane um yes and if you could go back just for a second and talk to teenage kevion who has a locker full of drugs and is just stole some fresh new polo from marshall's and is sort of angry sort of like killing it but sort of like fuck the world blah 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 right what would you tell, oh, man. what would this Kevion tell that Kevion? And it's sort of like, the reason why I like it is because I try to put people in like, it can't be long, it can't be the rules, it can't be the, it's just like, hey man. Yeah, because I wouldn't want it to change, right? Yeah. I wouldn't want to change that. Exactly. Yeah. Because the whole thing would be different. It's like, what's that one thing that you could say, like, man, the whole way through, had I just had that sentence in yeah, my head, everything sure. would have been a little easier. Do you have, I mean, well, I know, dude, I'm asking I mean, a lot. the thing is, I, it's, it, it, if I'm asking that for where I'm at now at 35, yeah. and I love every single thing, I love the destruction that I've been through. Yeah. 
Like I wouldn't change any of it at all. The destruction that I've gone through is where I learn the most. Yeah. The storm is where I learn the most. Yeah. Um, so really then it's all about how could I have been in a better place right now in this moment? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Selfishly, I would go back to 15 year old Kev and I'd be like, look, dude, stop buying so much stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Seriously, mm-hmm. stop. That car, those rims, that watch, buy land. Yep. I'm serious. Yep. I would tell myself That's to buy one. land. Yeah. Dude, I don't own anywhere as close to as much real estate as I could have. Mm-hmm. If I would have gone back, dude, if, if when I was 18 years old, if I put $100,000 in some land in Rancho Cucamonga, mm-hmm. that land right now is worth $10 million. Yep. So what if I would have put a couple, if, what if I would have done that 10 places? Yeah. I easily could have a $100 million real estate portfolio yep. at 35 years old. Yeah. Instead, I have a Breitling. Um, I have two repos on my record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I get dude. It. I so get I would it. go back and I would tell myself, dude, would you be smarter with your money? Like, because as you're a man and you want to grow and do, do things in business, that's mm-hmm. a big part of who you're going to become. Yeah. Um, I, would do, I would tell him that. I'd also tell him to chill with God more. Like spend more time with God. Mm-hmm. Spend more time knowing who your creator is. Yep. Read the Bible, dude. Yeah. Because that's a space that I'm in now, and that's honestly a place that's given me an abundance of fulfillment and helping me figure a lot of things out. Yep. And then I would also tell him, when you're 22 years old, you are going to meet the girl of your dreams. So Please, good. just so the listener, if you haven't caught it by now, she's sitting ten feet. Whatever from you do, treat her well in those first four years. Mm-hmm. Those first four years are going to be so important because mm-hmm. if you don't, who? Yep. Yeah. Treat that, Damn it, treat you're that good, girl good, man. You're treat good. that girl good. You're really good at that. You're really inspiring me. Not only are you inspiring me to go work hard and set my goals and affirmations, all that stuff, but you're inspiring me to like just be more like romantic <laughs> you know what i'm saying like he's a fucking he's good at this oh man man the fact that you guys are like married and have been together for so long and he still is saying stuff like you know, this I, is I, like she she's she is truly getting hotter she's like she's she's like a fine well that's how you know you found the right one you know yeah. what i mean because that's yeah. just all like yeah yeah except when she's mad at me which is a lot then she gets real God. unhot yeah, filipino <laughs> yeah um, did we miss anything, Kevion? Um, is there anything that you feel like team? you had the goal, you had the goal of getting out? Because this is what I loved about this too, is like, you wanted to do this. You had this, a lot of people that I ask don't do interviews. Right. Like I'm guessing you don't do a lot of interviews, right? No. But like a lot of people don't, cause that's the type of people I like to have on this thing. But it's almost like, yes, I'll do it because you asked me where, right. You are doing the same thing, but you have this, like, you want to let people know. You want to yeah. educate. You want to inspire people. You want to whatever. And hopefully I at least get close to helping you reach your million people. Um, but I feel like we did pretty good. Yeah. Like, I feel like the story was good. And we sort of went off on these side stories, but brought it back well. Anything you're feeling like we're not getting out? I think just for people to remember, because what we're really talking about is quality of life. Mm-hmm. Whether you're talking money, health, running, 
whatever, running your own company, whatever it is, we're talking about quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's one thing that I try to keep in mind is that the quality of my life is determined by the quality of my relationships. Yeah. So invest real time. Love is spelled T-I-M-E. Mm-hmm. Invest real time into the relationships that are most important to you. Cherish your relationships, whether that's your family, whether that's your best friend, your mother, your father, your coworkers, people who you know have your back mm-hmm. and care about you. Invest quality time with those people. Tell those people that you love them. Find ways to make a bigger difference in those people. Because, yep. um, you know, you truly, you never know when that last time is going to be that you send that person that last message. Mm-hmm. So make sure it's a good one. Okay, well, after that inspiring deep thing, here comes the shallow part. Anything you want to tag <laughs> or plug or tell people your Instagram, Instagram? Tell people, yeah. <laughs> Well, no, it's it's important. No, right? it is because we want to give people more. 100%. Of this. And I mean, I'm telling you, man, like kids are gonna love this this so much, and they're gonna want to reach out to you. And especially yeah. when you say like you've hired people from Instagram, you've met clients sure. from Instagram or from social media in general. Yeah, it's a huge thing. So cool. Shout it out. Uh, well, my Insta is Kevion K E V like victory I O N. Hit me up on Insta. Um, I am working on my first book. Mm-hmm. It's going to be called From Skate to Real Estate. Love that. So I'd like to give everybody a copy of it who simply um, blast this podcast out. What do they do? They screenshot it, tell people to put it on their yep, uh, profile. We need a hashtag. Skate to oh, Real Coach Estate. Oh, Coach Kev's. So Coach co- Kev. hashtag Coach Kev's because I've hardly used that one at all. So it'd be cool to see how much that grows from this. Um, so yep. it's Coach Kev's with an S at the end. Okay, so do this. So screenshot uh, whatever you want. It can be, yeah, I don't ca- take a selfie. It doesn't matter. Yeah, take a whatever. photo of your dog. But I'd prefer you screenshot the podcast on your iPhone. Um, post it on social media, hashtag Coach Kev's. Plural S. And you're getting a book. You're, when you're is it going to be book. out? Uh, the goal is by Christmas. Wow. Yeah. How cool. Um, starting a YouTube as well. Yep, plug it. Right? So the YouTube is just my name for now, Kevin Sturdivant. It's like we barely put that first video. So if you want to see the video drama's yep. talking about. <laughs> the only oh, it's on vi- YouTube? The only video that I've uploaded yeah, so done. far is uh, the story of, of how I met my dream girl. And what's that? Is that going to be houses and? It's going to be more of this work. Right, because we have a case real estate YouTube. There's like 300 something videos that my brother Quinn has just murdered it yep, on. Yep. So this is more about personal development Good. Um, and things that I'm into. So the YouTube channel's in the works. Um, maybe I should start a podcast. I you 100% know. should. Should I? Yes. Right. Uh, everyone uh, comment on Kevion's last photo and say start a podcast, <laughs> Coach Kev's, um, just to remind him how much he should start one. Um, and then what about the case sites and stuff like that? Yeah. So the Insta is just case real estate with the K. K S E, right? K A S E real estate. That's an acronym for my family. A lot of times people ask, what does case stand for? And case stands for a family. So it's Kaizen, Azella and Alana, Sturdivant and Eli. Um, But it's also our intention. Our intention is at the end of the real estate deal to be in the family photo. 
Yeah. So we want to feel like family at the end of our real estate deals with you. Does your realtor say that to you? Yeah. Now here's okay. the time where Seriously. everyone calls their realtor just and says, fire. "Hey, uh, got a new realtor." Later. Case team. We and you know more plugs as well as we cover Southern California. That's the bottom line. We've sold some 300 homes just last year, and over the last five years, we're approaching like uh, well over a thousand homes. Yep. You know, I think next year, um, next year is going to be pretty insane. But the bottom line is, a lot of times people think we only sell luxury real estate. That is not true at all. Like, if you're a rad person, we'll sell you a home. Okay, whether <laughs> whether that is what in, if you're a rad person with a thirty thousand dollar budget, dude, we'll sell you a mobile home. I like that, seriously. I like like that. for real, I think Dominic's and Dejas from my team, legendary dude on my team, and Sam both sold some mobile homes. <laughs> It's but it's like if the if if the person's there, and yeah. what if you can't buy a home? Yeah. Well, we still want to get to know you and help you make the plan. Yeah. So, um, we work with we we're interested in working with awesome people. Period. And like, it covers seriously from Encino yep. to yep. dude from Encino to the 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 northern point of San Diego County. Yeah. Like Carlsbad, Oceanside, all throughout Orange County, all throughout L.A. Obviously, yeah. And you'll see on my Instagram because I'm gonna go with Kevion sometime. I'm gonna take you up on this to Sick. like visit like fifty million dollar mansions yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do personally myself work, um, and I'm grateful to be working in the ultra high end luxury market. Yeah, that's crazy. Got a special event tomorrow in Laguna Beach on a ten point nine million dollar home I listed. Um, but again, you know, I also do sales in the seven eight hundred thousand range. And you won't hesitate to knock on a door or sell a mobile home. That's it. Go knock on some doors right now. Stay humble. That's it. <laughs> um, we did it, man. I feel like this oh, was incredible, tight. super inspiring. Was I fun, Thank man. you for coming and thank doing you, it. Thank you, dude. Thank you for being so well prepared. And just thanks for being fucking awesome, dude. Thank you, man. Shout out to Sneaker Steve. Yeah, for, for making uh, this happen. For setting me up. Steve, cheers. It's dope. We did it. Yeah.